Black people don't read. Black Reading is fundamental. Get a book, man. Get the great stories. The great thing about reading is that it broadens your, your life. You know, we all live our lives, but I think a reader lives a hundred other lives. Welcome back to Inspire Reads with Inspire Entertainment. I'm your host, Mohamed Imam, and I'm joined by my co-host, Shamaki. Today, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, his name is Anatate. He's known as a poet in the spoken word scene, and he's very prolific in that he, he's had a lot of videos and events that he's performed at, and um, there are a lot of interesting pieces that he's created, and um, we're honored to have him on the show. Well, we've been meaning to have him on for a while now. <laughs> um, this week's book was Heterogeneous by Anthony and Axel Goru. It's a poetry book, which was actually recommended to me by Annotate himself. Um, in the beginning, we're going to go into a little challenge segment, as we always do, um, but this time there's a few little theory questions. So they're not, they're not really challenging in that way, but they're, they're quite deep questions, and um, it's interesting to discuss them and talk about them. So first one is, why do you think black males in general don't seem to read a lot. They watch plenty of so shows, including anime, soaps, all sorts of genres. Like you, you go on social media and any popular show that's out there, they, they're talking about it and, and they go to like every film. Why is it that they're not, they don't seem to read it as much? You, you go on the trains and you don't see a lot of black males reading, do you? Um, and like, the thing is, all these books, they're stories in themselves, just as, as the shows and TV and the uh, movies that they're watching, they're all stories in, uh, written by someone. Um, so I just, I just want to explore that and like, sort of like, pick that apart and try and hopefully <laughs> get some people to read. Uh, who wants to go first? Um, I think there's probably, you know, more than one factor that sort of goes into this. Um, you know, one, one of those factors is the, f is, is the type of environment that black males tend to grow up in. Mm. Um, and sadly, we know that, um, you know, Gang, gang culture is quite prevalent within the black community as well. Yeah. So I think a lot of youth um, don't tend to be intrigued by the concept of reading and educating themselves in this way. And I think another factor of this that plays into this, that is one that's pretty much neglected, is that there's almost a misconception or a st stigmatization of young black males, which suggests they cannot achieve anyway. Mm. So now, as a young black male, if you've sort of been positioned where you are expected not to achieve, then why would you want to make that effort? Do you mm -hmm. get what I mean? Now, obviously, we can go into a deeper issue of, well, people need to have, you know, individual thought and be able to think for themselves and not allow everyone to dictate what goes on around them. But then you can look at the media and the way it tries to demonize the Muslims, for example. Mm. Or the America in America, how they demonize black people, yeah. and Subhanallah, and we notice that the media has a, a humongous impact on the mindsets yeah. of the masses. So when you have this stigmatization that exists and revolves around black people, yeah. and these young black males are thinking, "Well, Subhanallah, I've already been written off before I've even had a chance. Is there really any point in me educating myself?" Now we know knowledge is power. And we also know that gaining knowledge comes from reading, you know, and reading is something that many of us neglect these days because we have so much video content, yeah. so much to visually enjoy. Yeah. Um, so we don't want to read because reading is what? It's laborious to most of us, yeah? Mm. It's, it's something that is, is, is an arduous process. It takes time, you know, it's, it's long. <laughs> it takes focus, concentration. Would you say books are less accessible and show like TV shows and all these different things, like in terms of price, like getting your hand on them, like sitting down and reading? You think that's yeah, I definitely think that's th that plays into it as well. I definitely think they're less accessible. I think it's easier to just jump on the computer and put on an anime or, or put on you know uh, a Do movie as opposed to going out and looking for a book. And even mm. if this comes to these, you know, like perhaps purchasing it on things like a Kindle or, or whatever, yeah. those type of things. How many youngsters really are interested in that sort of thing yeah. these days? Do you get what I mean? Mm. So it goes back to the fact that I feel as though we live in a technical age. Yeah. So people prefer everything that is involved with technology as opposed to the old school way, which in the old school way, learning was derived, most of it was from reading. Mm writing down knowledge, reading knowledge, subhanAllah. Whereas today, obviously, a lot of the reading that we do, we still read, alhamdulillah, we still read, but we're reading 
for the most part, we're reading nonsense. Most of us sit with our phones, we'll read for, you know, we probably read a couple of hours a day, but most of it is useless. (laughs) Most of it's useless because it's just text or, you know, we're texting our friends and things of that nature or we're just talking about nonsense. But the real, you know, the real reading that actually takes time and actually, you know, you need to concentrate. That's the reading that I think that we're we're missing out on. And um, subhanAllah, Shamaki. Nothing to ask. Your thoughts, man. Just <laughs> <Nothing laughs> like that. You just knocked it out of the ball. <laughs> <laughs> I just took the host position yeah, for a second. Yeah, like, <laughs> every guest that's come on has been doing that too. <laughs> Look, you even called your name out this time. <laughs> they haven't done that yet. Oh, man. Um, you got anything to add? Yeah, I, I would personally say also that it has to do with the home. That yeah. a lot of. Uh, black families like their parents aren't really like people that collect books um, and then obviously if they were to be doing that then that would have an effect on their children because yeah. the children would just be picking up the books that they're looking at just to look at it yeah. and then obviously in, in time then it would start enjoying more but obviously even if you look at our households like there's hardly any books that are there uh, let alone our households even like most of our countries like in Africa as well literature isn't like the go-to thing it's not really uh they're not really countries that are based off of like the bestseller uh book you know i mean um and you're in when you went to someone did you like, yeah like you, yeah, you could use that as an example there's hardly any books even in terms of like literature or there's they've got books that are like english books or stuff like educational books yeah yeah but for for like a nation to also love books they'll need it in in the form of you know like entertainment like stories and novels and stuff like that that's what (coughs) would get people into books rather than just reading the book because you have to read a book Mm. you know um and yeah like i said when i went to somalia there was hardly any books that were written by authors that you could that people read to each other or like parents read to their children so i think in my opinion that um, most of, most like black households do not have like a vast collection of books or like yeah. literature books for their children to to read and stuff. And do you think it's like a prevalent problem? Do you think it's actually an issue which affects their livelihood? Like, do you think if everyone read more books, that everyone's like success levels, everyone's like level of knowledge would, would be like much higher than like if they didn't because. Like he just said, like uh, right now, the majority of us are reading nonsense anyway. Like, yeah. We're reading sports articles that don't mean anything, literally. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, I was talking to my boy about the football transfer window open and like how much like the media uh, are like churning out stories yeah, to sell yeah, papers. Yeah, yeah. Like half these rumours are, aren't true. <laughs> yeah. So like most of the time we're reading nonsense anyway. So like, do you think it's actually a problem? I think that obviously as good as literature books like novels and stuff like that, are good mm-hmm. they're, they're a good catalyst to get people into reading a lot more mm-hmm. obviously not every book is like you know you shouldn't read fiction books every day like that shouldn't be your thing yeah. you should be also reading stuff that are beneficial and and reading uh, you know novels and stuff like that like I said that will get you into actually reading more books Yeah. so like right now as, as a personal note um, ever since we've been doing these challenges of reading a book, book a, week. a week like I look at the books that universities give me and I can just like breeze through a lot easier than I did before mm. and that's just because you know like the human being we've got this thing where if we do one thing again and again practice. and again we get better right? yeah. 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 I think practice was the word I was looking for <laughs> practice makes perfect yeah. so that's, that's what it is you know the more we keep books near us the more like we'll learn yeah um, and the same thing again goes with technology because I'm not going to be a hypocrite say I've always got a book next to me yeah. most of the time it is a phone yeah. but then again it's like do you, would you then take time to read um, articles and things that are actually beneficial rather than because we can all read the easy stuff like transfers and, and stuff like that because we all have like it's yeah like a feeling for football yeah um, but then you can develop key interests into other things mm. like herbology or 
looking at plants and stuff like that. Personally, I'm not, but I think, I think um, you, you know, plants know. in general are amazing. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're needed. Exactly. Yeah, so so. They are needed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so how do you address this problem then? How do I address it? Like for me, I'll start off with, I'll, I'll, I'll go with a little answer myself. Like for me, um, I think it's a problem and I think reading it helps you evolve your creativity and your problem solving skills and all these different things it also builds in your vocabulary um, a lot of people like you speak to them and they can't string a few words together yeah, and that's like the only language they speak so isn't that, isn't that crazy <laughs> that's because like they haven't been given the opportunity to seek that knowledge and, and understand why it's, it's good to, to read and for me as an older brother of uh, quite a few people in my family <laughs> uh, every now and then I try and sit down with them like this is my proposal to the problem like the solution that I have is if you're if you're responsible for someone, you try and get them to read and tr- and try and make it in fun in a creative way. Yeah, like that's the that's from a young the, age. That's the that's the key point there to yeah. make it interesting. Yeah. to make it fun. Yeah, because these days we all have like a short span, um, and so make, attention span, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I think another thing is is that it's sort of enforced upon them. You yeah. know what I mean? Like young people sort of have it enforced upon them. So as opposed to like you're talking about just now, mm. that concept of making it creative or making it fun for them, you know, you need to have that in place because if you enforce something upon someone, then it's likely that they're going to be rebellious towards that concept. That's the so thing. obviously when you're forcing and saying, right, you need to read this, you've got to do this, you've got, instead of saying, right, you know, reading is, has this benefit. Reading can be entertaining for this reason and that reason and kind of, you know, you know, allow them to progress towards that interest mm. in actually reading. Because some people you'll find that they start off and they have no interest in reading. Then, for example, a prime example with myself is I had no interest in reading poetry books before I started poetry. I can tell you that. In terms of poetry, I didn't like reading it. Mm. I liked to write it. It wasn't <clears> until I decided, okay, what's a good way of being able to benefit myself and improve my work? Mm. So I started looking into poetry books because of that interest I had in poetry in general. So maybe there's a certain... Well, the reason why I mention that is because perhaps there's a certain thing that a child likes yeah. that perhaps they can then read about that thing yeah. that will then increase their love for reading in general. Does that make sense? Yeah. As opposed to just enforcing that notion upon them, right, read because of this without making them feel as though it's something that they can actually enjoy. Because yeah. <laughs> obviously these that. days, it's like if you give... Kids like to be creative yeah. They've got a very good imagination So if you tap that um, Creativity in them yeah. Then they're gonna like Enjoy books that <clears throat> Have like fantasy And so many things that they can put Their own little spin Taste on them, and, yeah. 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 and obviously You're giving them books like that to start off with That will then increase Their you know, love for reading yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I wanna like if going back to the original question. I think another thing is the parallel between school and books and the kids. Their impression of school, like you, they go to school and they don't see they don't see it as fun. Like most of us didn't see school as fun. Did you? Like in primary school, yeah. Like oh my days, so many long lessons. Like there's no variety in teaching. There's like you're you're just listening to a teacher drone on for for like an, an hour, like time seven, and then you 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 barely eat breakfast and you come home. And then your mom's screaming at you to do something else. <laughs> but I think they draw that parallel. Kids, unconsciously, they draw that parallel, that, that unconscious view that school is unenjoyable. And yeah. there's a lot of books at school. <laughs> and the, at school, they're telling you to read books. So if they go home, they don't want to read more books, are they? Yeah, so yeah, I think that's a really big factor as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, like, I'm trying to propose a solution as well. So for me... I got young, young brothers and sisters, and I speak to them in a way that, that um, introduces books that, in a way that it, it, there's stories in them and there's things that, because they, they like listening to stories. So I'll, I'll read them out a story to them, I'll read out a book or whatever, and then I'll start putting my own twist on it, or I'll, I'll start like giving all these different characters their own yeah. voices, and, and then I'll ask them to give me a story. And it, 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 they start thinking and they start enjoying it, and I've consciously noted that. Like from last year to this year, when I've tried to like start doing these things, like my younger siblings are all picking up books and they're all reading, and they're yeah. all saying like, "I haven't got any books to like, yo, can you give me a book, please?" Yeah. <laughs> like they don't say in that in that polite way, but <laughs> but yeah, they they've That's actually the improved a lot. It's turned from like an onerous thing to yeah. like something that they actually enjoy. Yeah, 
So that's a solution I propose to you all listening. And uh, let's make the next generation a generation of book readers, hopefully. <laughs> you guys got any other solutions? <laughs> We're going to end on that note for that question. All right. <laughs> no, I think that's really good solution uh, suggestion. For, for the next uh, generation. Make, yeah, definitely, man. Creativity okay. is important. Yeah. Question number two. If you could write a letter to yourself 10 years in the past, what would you say? Shamaki? I'll, I'll let him start off this time. <laughs> Before you kill him. <laughs> Before I throw it on him out of the blue. <laughs> uh, what? So I would be 11. In the S6. Yeah, you have to think about that for a long time. Huh? <laughs> I was thinking, like, what was I doing in this? <laughs> <laughs> um, I I think I would just say it to myself to. Um, Should I say five years then? Huh? Should I say five years? No, I, I, I'm gonna stick with ten years. Right, just stick, yeah, to, yeah, six. Um, I'll basically just say it to myself um, to not worry about secondary school to enjoy it because yeah six was yeah i was because i was very comfortable in primary school (laughs) (laughs) very very comfortable ruling the roost (laughs) i was in the football team it was like football every other day you know house captain yeah house captain it was very good times you know um i would basically say to myself that secondary school isn't daunting Mm. um and to enjoy i wouldn't i wouldn't drop anything big on myself like think about who you're going to be now or, or, or something crazy yeah, like I hate that. those questions man. yeah and I would I would make sure that I would settle the nerves like don't worry I'm cool right now mm. right you just enjoy yourself <laughs> I think that's what it would be um, enjoy yourself and explore things um, you've got a lot of time yeah just just mm. enjoy it it would be easy Basically. Yeah, be easy because yeah. obviously I don't want to <laughs> imagine putting pressure on yourself. Listen, uh, like, no, no, you want to go down to it? Yeah, um, certainly wouldn't be 11 years old, but <laughs> I'll digress on that. I won't be telling anyone my age tonight. But, um, what I would do for the, for the age I would have been at that time, mm-hmm. I'd probably tell myself not to allow myself to be influenced by others. Um, and what I mean by that is that. I think 10 years ago I was someone that was easily, you know, affected by the criticisms or the um, taunting and things of that nature of people that I used to consider close companions but in actuality probably weren't so much of those close companions that I thought that they were. Mm. Um, And I feel like sometimes, subhanAllah, they can have such a negative impact on your mind and I think peer pressure is something that sort of caught up to me when in my early 20s um, and I start. I kind of did some things I won't go into details but I did some things that perhaps you had on <laughs> <laughs> only a cat no but, um, but uh, I love cats guys I'm just messing around <laughs> I have one <laughs> but um, no like I mean seriously uh, when I was around 20 you know I allowed myself to sort of be influenced by people you know and their words and their you know, whisperings towards, you know, okay, you need to be like this to really be respected. You need to do this. And, you know, I would tell myself to not worry about the, the opinions of other people, to concentrate on myself, to, mm. to get my head down, focus on uni um, and so on and so forth. Um, mm. I mean, I was young. Ten years ago, I would have been younger than uni time. But I mean, in terms of preparing for that, mm. um, I would have definitely told myself to just, you know, ready myself, collect myself, make sure I'm, you know, prepared for what's to come and uh, to just not to keep good company and I think you know from an Islamic spe- perspective as we all know you know the Prophet Sallallahu has told us how important it is to have good company mm. and um, <clears throat> I don't always I don't always think that I was around good people and I think some of the people I were around caused my downfall at certain times where I had to then pick myself up and get back on track because of the people I was around. So I think it's very important for uh, the listeners at home to to see who you are around and, you know, are they benefiting your life or are they a detriment to your life? And, you know, if you come to the conclusion that they're more of a detriment, then you have to decide, is this person worth keeping around? Because good company is something that I'm telling you can lead to your success or your failure in this life. Mm. Valuable words for this and... Uh for all the listeners out there, I need to implement them as well. Like, even if you're uh, 30 years old or 50 years old, or whatever, it still applies in my opinion. 
Um, for me, I think I'll go hard on myself now. I think. <laughs> Boy, if you don't think so, <laughs> I, I used to I used to play a lot. Of, I used to play around. I didn't, I didn't take things seriously like ever. Um, that's probably because I had quite a strict up, upbringing um, and education. But I'm, I'm grateful for that now. But um, I think in terms of doing different things and challenging myself and getting out of my comfort zone, I was I was very shy kid. I didn't. I didn't like talking to other people. <laughs> I didn't like doing different things. Uh, I used to just, I used to just like go, like do my own thing. And uh, at the end of the day, like I'll eat, go to sleep, and then live day by day just like that. And um, there's nothing wrong with that. And as as a kid, you don't, you don't, you don't really notice these things, and you're not conscious of it. But I think to any younger people listening, it's important to just try different things, and these things will build up your skills. I feel like. I learned a lot of skills later on like when I started cut, uh, getting out of my comfort zone, which um, benefited me and like it, it, like gave me confidence overall as a person, and so like made allowed me to believe in myself a bit more. And I think every young person should try and do that. I try and encourage my siblings to do that as well. But yeah, jump out of your comfort zone, try and try different things, essentially. Man, I feel like my answer was rubbish. Do you want to do first or last? Yeah, you, you, started, <laughs> you, started, you threw him in the deep end, man. We, we had the chance to be to improve yeah. our answers, so it made him look bad. I man. told him the question. Before, so <laughs> you can't complain. I'm not gonna lie, say like it was bad back then. Uh, I, have, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Alright, so question number three. I'm assuming we've all seen, we are, I already said it. Yeah, we was, we've all seen Inception, the film. Um, for me, that was a film where, I, like, it was the first time I watched a film and I thought, wow, this is actually a good film. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yo, yeah. this is actually outstanding, like, in all aspects. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's from sounds to video, like, visuals and the concept, like, creativity. I thought it was an outstanding film and, it, and the storyline still relates to me. Um, so someone actually sent in this question, which we're grateful for. Keep on sending them in because I can't come up with these every day. <laughs> you say the storyline still relates to you? Uh, like, I still remember the storyline oh, pretty clearly. Okay. Yeah. Well, you meant like... Well, I'm out there. I'm out there doing Inception stuff. He's been thinking about... He's been planning his Inception phase. For us to go to sleep. <laughs> All right, so the question sent in by a listener was, if you could plant any thought into anyone's head, what would the thought be? Who would it be, and why? Let's start because I've got no idea. And <laughs> yeah. definitely, <laughs> I think I think I would, you know, though those in Saudi Arabia, I think I would, you know, remind them, place the thought that reminds them that Subhanallah, this is the land of Tawheed. You know, this is the land. Of where you know the Quran came down, mm. um, you know this is where Islam, you know, found originated from. originated from. This is where Islam Islam grew. Subhanallah. And we have today. We look at the country and we see that it's very much coming away from Islam um, in a lot of aspects. So, for me personally, I think it would be important to remind these uh, so-called leaders mm. of the. The importance of the implementation of the correct Islam and understanding upon the Quran and Sunnah, because that is truly the only way that we can be successful. Mm. So for me, that would be what that I would do. Shraki, how about you? How about that? <laughs> you have more time to think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'll go for a similar thing because at the end of the day, leaders lead and. Followers follow, and if the leaders are leading in the right way, the followers will follow suit. And I think the the one percent, the so-called one percent Illuminati Freemasons, <laughs> leading the world. Those people, are like the richest people in the world, like if they did something about for me, like poverty is the biggest, like one of the biggest issues in the world, like because it affects so many different things. If you're not, if you're poor, you can't, you don't have access to it knowledge base you don't have access to food you don't have access to like like the, the energy levels you need to live a healthy life and the fact that that so many people are in poverty but this there's something can be done about it is is ridiculous to me if everyone gave a pound to like er, like everyone in africa or whatever that was in poverty like just imagine like they'll they'll all be living comfortably as well mm. and the fact that all these so-called leaders and and uh Rich people, like that, they're holding on to their money, and they can, like a small amount could help so many people. I think is ridiculous. So I would, I would put the thought into their head that 
um, money that they have is not they're not gonna die with it <laughs> so like, give give away one percent of your money and and get everyone that you know to follow suit and the world will be a much better place in my opinion and that's my hope I didn't think about it but yeah Shamarke um, <laughs> I was uh, political yeah. um, it should be but it would be I would plant you know um, what's the leader of Israel called? Netanyahu. Yeah, him. Um, basically, something that converts the whole region of Israel into Muslims, and then Palestine will be taken that's back. A, that's a superpower, right there. <laughs> that's what it would be. Palestine yeah. will return to do where you it think, belongs. Not to go into political talks, but if, do you think if if you did that, just just specifically him, that it would solve the issue? Well, I feel like if if he's doing it and then he like gives Palestine its power back, mm. then I feel like the people would have no choice but to follow suit. Mm. I disagree in my opinion, but that's another talk for another day. <laughs> <laughs> now we're going to get into the book. So this week, um, as I mentioned earlier in the intro, we read, uh, we got, well, we, we, we tried to read Heterogeneous by Anthony Anaxori. Um, Thing is, me and Shemaki, like both of us, we're not really from poetry backgrounds. Um, we've dabbled in it a little bit. We tried like our hands, um, but we're not poets. I don't think. I, 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 well, I'll, I'll speak for myself. I'm not a poet, and that's one of the, that's one of the poems in the book. By the way, <laughs> uh, I'm not a poet, and approaching it as a like general reader, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that I feel like I missed. A lot of things I, I feel like flew over my head. So before we get into the book, I want to talk about poetry and what it means. To, to us and um, get some more insight from Ate who I, I consider a poet <laughs> so um, he's in that world yeah I think he, he's much <laughs> deeper in there than, than we are so um, I, I think it's better to try and get an understanding of what poetry is and um, why like what it means to you and, and what we expected like reading from the book and what you expected and the differences and trying to compare it because in terms of the actual book itself for me there's not a lot to talk about because I read half of it and a lot of it flew over my head. I was reading it like a novel, which is, is, is not the right way. It's not the right way to read it, is it? You're meant to, you're meant to sit down and mull it over, like say at a coffee, say at a cafe and like, like sip, sip some coffee or something and like relax. <laughs> <laughs> like have a notebook out as well, right. make it's notes. But, but yeah, I was reading it like bang, bang, one page after the other. And yeah, uh, for me, I, I definitely missed out on a lot. And uh, even though I picked out some things that were quite obvious in terms of the poetry, and I noted them down, but yeah, so I'm, uh, I got some more questions. Yeah, if you're hearing a lot of weird noises, we're not in a war zone. Um, <laughs> we're basically yeah, we in. We talked about Israel, and I'm talking about war zone. <laughs> we're not going to get approved by iTunes at this rate. We're, um, we're yeah, we're in a center where um, there's a lot going on in terms yeah. of cleaning up the uh, center itself. So. Don't Very be alarmed, guys. Yeah. <laughs> We're safe. Alhamdulillah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, um, Anate, uh, in terms of poetry, uh, do you want to talk about how you got into it? You, you said it before in your own stuff, but why not like give a brief summary over here? Okay, so, the reason I started poetry, when I became Muslim, mm -hmm. uh, there were some issues that I was dealing with in my personal life. Um you know to do with certain things that i don't want to go into details about not because it's secret or anything like that but because i feel it will detract from what we're speaking about mm -hmm. but i was dealing with some personal things that i felt were a problem on both a personal scale and both from an islamic standpoint um and i felt the only way to address these issues was to write write about them mm -hmm. um i wasn't a poet at the time never really written poetry before but i felt as though spoken word was sort of booming uh, it seemed like the it was prevalent in terms of addressing issues that are consistently overlooked and I thought this is exactly what I like to do I like to speak about things that many people just don't want to speak about so I started writing poetry and I mean I sucked to start with yeah. like, flat out I look back at my old stuff and I think how the heck did I get away with putting that anywhere online without feeling embarrassed because it's that bad but it gave me the forum and the opportunity to speak about things that I felt were not being, uh, not having any attention paid to them, essentially. Mm. And, uh, you know, after about, you know, six to eight months of doing that, 
I kind of came to a sort of like a crossroads, if you will, and I said to myself, look, am I doing this because I'm passionate about it or am I doing it because I want to write about things that I believe the Muslims should be paying attention to? Mm. And I came to a conclusion that I was writing about things that I felt the Muslims should be paying attention to. So I pretty much quit for a short while. Um, I almost gave up the poetry because, one, I didn't feel I was good enough at it. Two, I felt that I just wasn't getting anywhere with it. And three, I didn't feel I was passionate about it. It wasn't until 2015, no, 16, sorry, early 2016, when I was on a bus home one day from, uh, from work. I was thinking about my brother's life. And uh, I was just contemplating everything that he's been through. And for some reason, this amazing concept came to me. And I can only say truly from the bottom of my heart that it was inspiration from Allah because it just came to me that I should speak about gratitude. And now, alhamdulillah, you know, I'm not saying I'm a you know, perfect example or the poster child for patience and shukr or gratitude for those of you that don't understand what that means. But I am someone that feels those around me help me to be appreciative, if that makes sense. So when I am down and out, mm. I can look to my brother, for example, and I can say, alhamdulillah, my brother has been through far more than I have. And he smiles his way out of it. May Allah bless him. And subhanAllah, I was on, so in that journey, what happened is, is I literally got inspired to start writing this piece. This piece. Mm. And it was the first time I'd been writing, for the first time I'd been writing poetry where I felt good about myself. I felt like I'm not doing this because I need to slam it in someone's face. Like, yeah. damn it, <clears throat> just pay attention to this issue. No, it was like, this is an opportunity for me to convey how I'm feeling. And alhamdulillah, that, that, that literally made me fall in love with poetry because it gave me the opportunity to do something that I'd never done before and speak to so many people. And alhamdulillah, I got so many people messaging me personally and saying, you have moved me with this piece. Your piece has touched me. I've been moved to tears. I have a little disabled brother or sister. They're dealing with this and subhanAllah, I could relate to that. And it made me think, wow. And that is one of the main reasons why I got started with poetry. I mean, um, mm. after that, sadly, I kind of fell off again, went back into this mentality of needing to tell the Muslims that they need to do this, they need to do And uh, I almost quit again, because once again, I realised that I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. Mm. So it wasn't until, I'd yeah. say, late 2016 where it really took off for me in terms of poetry. It really took off. And the reason being was because I finally said to myself, I don't care about what people think. I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing this for me. And more importantly, I'm doing this to please my Lord. I'm going to write about what I think is important. And since then, alhamdulillah, I've been working towards improving. And uh, so that I don't go too much off on a tangent, back to the point about how you said, asked me how the book sort of played into, you know, inspiration or whatnot. Um, you know, I was looking for authors in 2017 who... Um, had poetry books mm. or who, you know, had poetry videos. Mm. Uh, so poets in general, to be honest, but I needed to read something. I wanted to see what, what it's like to actually read po page poetry and enjoy it. Because in school, I never did. That's the reality. When I was reading anthology and things of that nature, I couldn't stand it. Um, so I said to myself, you know what? I want to improve my poetry. I want to get better. You know, people can tell me I'm good, but I know what I'm capable of, how can I go about improving myself to be the best version of myself that I can be. So I looked at uh, this this guy, I discovered him through, um, I think it was a friend of mine actually, um, sort of pointing me in the direction of this guy called An Anthony Anaskaru. Mm. I listened to some of his stuff online and I thought, wow man, it's deep stuff. Mm. Oh, it's really deep stuff, he's talking about things that I like to talk about, he's talking about oppression, he's talking about injustice, he's talking about, you know, politics. He's talking about things that I feel are very much the most relevant things that we need to be speaking about as a community or, you know, in general, because at the end of the day, um, these are important subjects and these, these are subjects that we, we can learn off of. And uh, I decided to pick up his book and um, I, read, I got reading, man, and... I won't go into details because I'm sure you've got another question about that before yeah. I go into details about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, want to turn, I don't want to turn it into an interview. I don't just keep it as natural as possible. So uh, in terms of questions, I don't I don't know down too much. So I'm actually coming up with some questions as, as we go. As we go, yeah. But, uh, Shumaki, 
Uh, what about you in terms of poetry? How are you going into it? Do you enjoy poetry? <laughs> uh, uh, I do. I do enjoy poetry. Yeah. But the thing is, for me, um, I'm not like you said at the beginning. Like we're not really in the poetry world. Yeah. So a lot of stuff do like fly over my head. Mm. But for me, <clears throat> I'm personally more of a fan of like spoken words and or poetries that are talking about either someone's life or things that have happened to someone, stuff that I could possibly relate, relate to, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, maybe someone in, in the poetry field, when they hear someone speak like, of like, where, where there's a lot of um, like alliterations and similes and metaphors and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like for me, I don't really find that amazing some reason it's not like I don't know yeah but for me it's like um, what I find good is if someone's able to express an idea yeah a story into a way which like we can all understand Mm. and obviously there's got to be a bit of creativity to it otherwise it's just someone talking to you about their life but if it's um, I don't know I don't know how to like properly explain it. To me, if it's like too complex, then not everyone can understand If it's too complex and stuff like going over my head, then it just gets to a point where I'm just listening out for, it just becomes something. It becomes like a laborious project or an arduous project. This is actually what I wanted to get into. There's another question. In terms of us like entering the poetry world at the gateway of it, I wanted to ask, like, what would you recommend to people who who have no idea, like I've never listened to a poem or I've never read a poem, um, how should they en- like enter it like in such a way that will, will allow them to enjoy it? Because for for us right now, I feel like that's our opinion right now. But if there's like a, a process that we follow where we like delve into it a di- bit deeper, I feel like we'll enjoy it a bit more um, as other people do. Um, is there anything you'd recommend to people? Like let's say like normal book readers, um, that, like let's say they, they buy a poetry book, they read it and they're, they're just put off and now they don't want to read poetry again. So do you mean listening to online or reading in general? In general, like poetry. Um, I'd say listen to Sid. <laughs> <laughs> like for example, Sid. You know he's actually he's, the guy that... that, that I'd say listen Sid to Sid and um, mashallah, he's probably going to tell me off for saying this live in the podcast. He's going to be like, Leo, man. Yeah. Um, but may Allah bless him um, and keep him sincere but this this brother the reason why I mention him is because his content is deep but it's very accessible mm-hmm. yeah. it's content that is you know applicable to a lot of situations that we're currently dealing with um, and he has a way of addressing them in such an arty way that you're just drawing, drawing in yeah. subhanallah you want to listen. You want to listen to the end. He can have a five-minute, six-minute, seven-minute piece, and you want to listen. You want to hear what what this guy has to say. How he's gonna culminate this 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 sort of storytelling that he is able to, uh, you know, demonstrate. Demonstrate. Yeah. Perfect yeah, word. If you don't know who word. Sid is, you can just go onto YouTube and type in Word Up and then Sid. And he'll be the first guy to. Subhanallah, he'll, he'll be the first guy, and because his video is the most watched, yeah. and it's For when you reason. watch the video, you'll see why his video is the most watched video on Word Up because yeah, so it's an incredible a, piece. It's a very good example of what I was saying, like where anyone can listen to it, yeah, get exactly. the point of it, and exactly. it's done in such a creative way that it's like, yeah, I can actually listen to this. Whereas if it's a lot of like alliteration, altercation, I'm like. <laughs> See, the interesting thing is that Sid uses a lot of that, yeah, but yeah. he does it in a way that for some reason it's just easy to understand. Yeah, that's what it's, it's easy, to under, easy to digest. And uh, I think that that sort of is indicative of his ability to utilize words in their most wisest of ways. Yeah. Uh, may Allah bless him. Um, I don't want to overpraise him, and I don't want him to, you know. Uh, Kick me, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's all you're worried about. <laughs> <laughs> that kick. I heard he's pretty good at uh, martial arts. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's digress, man. <laughs> Love you, Sid. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Shark, what did you expect from this book when you, when you before you read it? Before I read it, 
Um, obviously, I don't know nothing about this guy. Yeah. I still don't know much about the guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, I'm not going to be like, yeah, he's from Ghana. <laughs> he's not, I mean, um, when I was coming into the, like reading this book, mm-hmm. I had the perception that, you know, this is like a well-versed guy. Um, this is pro- this is like going to be a very good read. Um, and the thing is, it, it was because there are some like uh, poems which obviously like it was just like, too much, which on like the second time I could like read. Mm-hmm. Um, but you see, the thing is, before like in in secondary school, we did things like uh, on like anthology books where mm-hmm. I had like loads of poems, and I was like very interested in those poems, the way that in such like small like pages or like mm, yeah. words that they Form. could say so many things yeah and he was able to do that so many times like time and time again and i was like yo this guy is pretty deep not all of it did i understand but the ones which i did understand they, they hit me did you read the whole book uh, i got to like 20 pages left of the book that's a lot i'm impressed yeah. It's a lot <laughs> in a week. It's yeah. a lot, and to, to, to be honest, the poetry is. I think poetry is a lot harder to digest than novels. Yeah. Personally, I don't know about yeah. you guys. No, for me, because for me, a novel is, for the most part, it's a, it's, it's, it's just a story. It exactly. moves yeah, in a linear, lin, linear direction. Yeah. Um, direction. Yeah. Narrative. Yeah. Uh, nar- narrative. Sorry, not directive. Yeah. Half asleep today. But <laughs> narrative. Um, whereas poetry is, is different concepts. Yeah just placed throughout the book in different places. Um, you know, you, you might, for example, Anthony's book, you, you, you at the beginning, you might be reading about something to do with um, oppression. And then, you know, the next poem might be to do with his uh, personal life. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so I think when you read poetry, like in a short space of time, it's a lot harder to really digest and appreciate what the author, what the poet, is trying to tell you mm. um, whereas with a novel it's a lot easier to read through and be like you know I can finish this quickly and still kind of you know yeah. get get what's being told what, what the story is and what I need to take away from this book if mm. that makes sense yeah, and I feel like as well poetry like on like in on page yeah. uh, and on paper I feel like it shouldn't be something which the reader gets the first time it should be mm-hmm. something which he, he gets either the second time or the third time but so then it's like, I feel like there should be a difference between how it's performed and how it is on paper. Because if mm-hmm. it's on yeah. book, then it's just like, oh, okay, yeah. But then, because the reason why I like those anthology books was because I didn't get it the first time, then I got it the second time, but even more, you know. Um, and, and then that makes it a book it, which it, it you can you, come back. It holds yeah. dearer to you, man. Yeah, so, and you can come back to that book as well. Be like, maybe that meant something different to what I initially thought. You're forever digging. Yeah, whereas like uh, a novel is like, okay, like here's the story, then here's the end. Or like if it's a poem which you get the first time, then you're not really going to come back to the book, are you? Um, whereas if it's a performance, you've got like five, six minutes to like impact the audience or the listener. Mm-hmm. So you so it's very wise to utilize that time by saying something which everyone can understand, rather than something which is like very complicated and over like. Yeah, I think it, I think that's important an important point that you're making. To be to be fair, like, I mean, uh, page poetry has a different a different technique to it. It's it's written in a completely different way to performance poetry. Um, I think that's something that's sort of lost on a lot of writers that produce books these days. And, you know, not to, not to um, speak negatively or ill with anyone's work, not at all. I mean, everyone likes to express themselves in a different way. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and act as though I'm some sort of amazing poet. That is an example of everything you should do, not at all. Um, but I do feel as though adaptability is key in being able to, you know, provide a difference between your page poetry and between poetry that you might upload to social media for example or poetry that you may perform i thought they have different different uh, art there's a different art about them both mm. page poetry like shimake mentioned is more more complex mm. there's a lot more poetic techniques included there's a lot more storytelling and things of that nature whereas mm. performance poetry <clears throat> tends to be hard hitting 
um, you know, stuff that you're trying to make a, make an impact, leave a, an impression on the audience. Mm. Um, so I feel they, they're two different things um, and they definitely need someone that is able to adapt and write in a different manner, mm. um, which is why I'm not really too big of a fan of books that I feel are just a collection of notes, if that makes sense. And what I mean by that is that I feel a lot of books these days, they consist Poetry's of... And they consist of what is apparently poetry, but when you read it, it just seems like exactly what you would read on social media, yeah. or it's exactly what you would read if someone was sort of noting down their feelings. Mm. And of course, this is there's nothing wrong with this, but at the end of the day, I think to 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 consider your book a poetry book, it needs to be poetry. Yeah. It can't just be a collection of thoughts. That's completely different. That's more like a diary. Or you know what I mean, like poetry and a diary are two completely different things. So I think Shamaka, you were spot on with that point personally. I think adaptability is key. Alright, so let's finally get into the book and try and wrap up the show. Um, for me, going into the book, um, I had already listened to, uh, I had already watched a couple of Anthony's videos and I really enjoyed his spoken word actually. Um, I say he had a different opinion on that. He thinks he, yeah, he, he prefers the um, written form. But uh, for me, like, it's just more easy to digest uh, in terms of the videos, um, but like the so the book's about two hundred pages. Um, it covers a, a wide theme of uh, like it covers a wide variety of different themes, and most of them societal issues. And every now and then, there's a few personal things that he covers. Um, and like uh, we talked we talked earlier about um, how he covers certain things like love, which is <laughs> which is quite notorious in like the poetry scene in terms of like social media, <laughs> how people portray it. Um, I know Anity's got an opinion on that. Oh, we'll hear it soon. <laughs> but for me, um, I've only read half of the book so far. Sorry about that noise. It looks like oh, Spider-Man saving someone like... <laughs> some scaffolding folding down. Uh, it's that train, train scene from yeah. Spider-Man too, man. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, in terms of this book, I've, it's about 200 pages. It covers a lot of different things. I've only read 100 pages um, as of now um, because, like we mentioned earlier, um, it needs to be digested properly and it can't be read like a novel. Yeah, it wouldn't do the right justice. And, and that's clearly evidenced by our struggle this week to, <laughs> to go through the whole book. But, um, out of those 100 uh, pages that I read, there were three poems that I really enjoyed. Um, I want to like cover them but uh, you guys got any thoughts about about the book or? yeah I th to be fair i think the book is excellent overall i mean i read it a while back now um mm. but i do feel for me personally i think anthony agnascaru is uh one of the best poets um out there right now that has a way of utilizing metaphors um just masterfully to be quite frankly honest i think his some of his some of his metaphors are absolutely incredible and I think that's one of the things that really drew me to his uh, his writing, because I feel a lot of my um, my poetry that I tend to, especially my more like page type of material, focuses a lot on metaphors. And uh, so when I saw his material and I saw how deep and complex it was, and his the way he utilizes metaphors, it it really impressed me, made me want to improve my own work because I wanted to then be able to, you know, grow in my capacity to deliver deep and meaning meaningful metaphors that can you know meaning can be derived from them i feel you know obviously some poetry you read it goes over your head but i feel with anthony if you really do sort of try and digest what he's saying you can understand it and when you understand it it's deep mm. um and that's why personally for me he's one of the best poets on the scene personally i believe i mean like you did allude to earlier on i do prefer reading his stuff than listening that's not a shot at him in any way whatsoever i think he's great at both his performances uh, and his confidence um uh, are showcased every time he's out there at an event um which is incredible um but for me personally when i listen to stuff i'm a big fan of lyricism mm. so if i'm listening to stuff i prefer to listen to lyrical you know crazy internal rhyme schemes and you know repetition and all of that whereas if i'm reading then i prefer to read stuff with complex content with a lot of metaphors a lot of similes and things of that nature mm. um, any things that you want to talk about Sharky? general thoughts uh, well i haven't heard him perform mm -hmm. but um 
basing it, I'm basing it off the fact that his book was pretty good mm. in terms of the poems that he's got in there. <clears throat> so I'm basing that off. Like I'm guessing he's 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 a he's a good performer. So that's what I forgot to say. In terms of like, <laughs> you mean like in terms of the book? Well, I think of just, yeah, just overall, like the guy. Like overall, but I, you can follow on after from my next point. Yeah, then. In terms it. of my expectations, like I said, I mentioned it earlier. Um, there was an, uh, I didn't know what to expect, but I was expecting a lot of deep rhymes and a lot of metaphors. And I really like metaphors, like anything that that that's like really clever, like uh, that I might be able to steal later on. Uh, I really enjoy. Still yeah, I really enjoy. Because <laughs> 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 I think metaphors are like one of the most creative tools yeah. of expressing an idea for me. And I think from the hundred pages I read so far, he's excellent at delivering those in a creative way and incorporating them into his poems. One hundred percent. Um, yeah, that's my opinion. I think that that's what he does really well. I, I, I can't say anything that I've noticed that he does poorly because I have no idea. I'm a beginner and I got to go back to it and read it properly for me. Um, what about you? Anything that he does really well that you enjoyed? Um, love point, maybe. <laughs> I, I like his, his ability to write about love in a manner that isn't typical. Um, I mean, I'm not a fan of love poetry at all. I'll be put that straight out there anyone that knows me knows I don't like it Mm. and one of the main reasons for that is I feel it's saturated on social media it's consistently the same content put out over and over again rehashed out um, similar themes oh my boyfriend did this to me my girlfriend did this to me it's boring to me I don't mean that as a shot at any Instagram writer in speci- specifically. I don't at all. I'm not, like I said earlier on, I'm not sitting here acting as though I'm some sort of amazing poet that needs to be paid attention to by everyone that does poetry. No. What I am saying is that if you are going to write about love, then you need to be artistic about it. Me personally, if we go into it from an Islamic angle, you shouldn't be writing about your past indiscretions. Um, but I'll digress on that point. <laughs> but subhanAllah, he writes about love in a way that is just different to everything else. And it's not your your it's not love like oh my girlfriend left me or I was hurt by this. It's love in a way that just is it, so artistically covered. Um like one one of the I think one of his poems, if I remember rightly, he sort of goes through, you know, him and his wife and how she's um, go, going into labour and about to give birth to his son and just the way he details that situation and the relationship between him and his son when his son comes into the world I just think it's incredible I think it's, it's beautiful to read stuff like that as opposed to reading you know oh, my boyfriend left me or my girlfriend left me which is something that is consistently a repeated theme mm. everywhere you look um, mm. so for me personally that's why I'm not a fan of love poetry because I feel it's just the same thing over and over again. Mm. Um, did you have any poems that struck, like stuck out to you in particular? Yeah, there were there were two poems. Yeah. Just get the title. You said I am not a poet, which, which is one of them. Yeah, I'm not a poet. I think that's uh, quite early. In. Yeah, that one was one, the first one that really um, hit me. It was the fact that it was so ironic. Yeah, like, you know, him saying yeah, that I'm yeah. not a poet, but yeah, he is, he is a poet. And what he's talking about... <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I love that so, that very basic explanation of that, yeah, of that irony. Like, yeah. <laughs> he is a poet. He's a poet. I'm <laughs> saying he's not. <laughs> <laughs> nah, and then he's talking about um, all of these social issues and the things that are going around. And... The reason why that I do like this one, that the whole irony is that he's basically saying that I like it's so mad what's going on out there that I have no words to to basically describe this and make this all beautiful. Like it's so blunt that the atrocities mm. out there it is what it is. Oh, so yeah, therefore, I'm not a poet. Like, yeah. I'm just letting yeah. you know, like what, what what's going down. Yeah. Um, and then the other <laughs> one was. Um, What's it called? The girl, no, for the girl who asked while I was thinking. Um, I personally like this poem because it was very, I don't, it was very simple. It wasn't like as deep as the other one. I just personally liked it because of the way that it was written. It was written. Yeah, it was very, it was very well written. Mm. That I sort of pictured him, you know, performing this, and yeah, so I was like, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about you? Anything in particular? 
I enjoyed that poem that you uh, mentioned. Uh, I'm, I'm not. A, I'm not a poet. Because um, again, back to your point that you mentioned, Shimake, uh the fact that he's you know discussing issues that are so deep that he feels as though you know in that poem he's practically saying you know like it's I don't need to showcase my poetic ability or you know go in, go into utilize the utilization of poetic techniques yeah. to, to get this across i'm saying to you bareface look these are the issues that are going on in the world mm. and look past the fact that i do poetry and realize that these are issues that should be paid attention to yeah, literally. and uh that's what I, I really enjoyed about that poem myself any others um i enjoyed night shoebox as well i thought i was deep and sad um you know basically based on a baby being left in a shoebox which is Subhanallah is very, very um, sickening, and uh, sadly, it's something that happens. It actually happens. It yeah. actually happens. Um, but the way he wrote it, the way it starts and the way it ends, is just incredible. I mean, I can't r- remember it in detail, yeah. but um, mm. I just remember reading it and thinking, "Wow, mm. like what? What a way to you know speak about this situation." And just he's very articulate. Mm. And uh, he's very artistic with the way he uh, explains themes. Mm. Um, So, yeah, that's why I enjoyed that one as well. Um, For me, um, in terms of poetry and storytelling Mm. and all these different things, if if it's something to do with like conscious thought and uh, issues that uh, like issues that um, affect society, (laughs) I usually like like it when they they raise the issue, but they also propose a solution. Like that's that's like my personality in general. I like to to think about something and then think about how we can deal with it but because I feel like a lot of people don't do that I feel like people raise the issue and then sleep at that yeah and I feel, I feel like that doesn't really do much um, but I th- uh, th- so two things that two poems that stuck out to me were poems that yeah he kind of proposed solutions and one was called the pathology of like and he's talking about self-esteem and society society's standards of beauty and how Everyone does these little things where it, like it affects you from like a young child, like a kid saying he, he sees Rambo on TV and then he says, um, "No one will be, no one will mess like, no one will mess with me if I look like him." And why is a kid saying that? Like from a young age, and he, yeah. he grows up to be like that. And it's all these girls like, uh, like say taking like ten, like ten selfies and, and they only pick one out. Why why are we doing that? Um, yeah. They only pick one out and put it on social media. Why are we doing that? Because we're ashamed of all the other looks and um, like. When we when we post something on social media, why do we specifically pick things that uh, please our eyes or please other people's eyes? Why can't we just put everything out that that belongs, that everything everything out that that actually represents us? Um, that's like what he's kind of talking about in that one, and he also put, like he he says it in a way that's ironic, and um, it also kind of like like assures you that you shouldn't be feeling this way, and um, you should relax and and be comfortable in who you are. Another one was Give Hope, which was another one that he's like, he's talking about all these people with different issues. Um, and, and at the beginning of every verse, he's saying, Give them hope, give them hope, give them hope. And I thought that was quite profound. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. And then the last one, which was not really uh, one where he proposed a solution, it was called Dare I Was, and it was about like uh, racial assault. And uh, I thought it was something that a lot of people are affected by, and it was interesting in that regard. But yeah, that's the three that, three that stuck out to me in the first hundred pages so far. Um, I need to go back and read them. <laughs> I need to go back and read them all. But um, yeah, those are, really, those are the ones that really, I really enjoyed. Um, I'm conscious of time now, and we've kept annotated for quite a while. <laughs> he lives quite far, so um, I'm going to cut it off here, actually. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, annotate has actually got a few things coming up. Do you want to plug anything? Yeah, guys, um, please do come down uh, on Saturday, the 20th of January. I'm running an event at the Revert to Reality Center in Leighton. Uh, the postcode is E106AW. Yeah. That's E106AW. Please do come down. Tickets are £5. Well, technically, it's not really a ticket, but <laughs> reserving seats are £5. Uh, you can do this online. You can make a payment online. Um You'll find the details on my Instagram, which is annotate underscore, or you can alternatively pay on the door, but please do send me a reservation email at annotatebookings at gmail.com. Please do come down, guys. It's going to be a great event. We've got poets such as uh, Tommy Aman Evans. We've got Nasa Al-Yurimi. We've got Fatiha Hakimi from, uh, she's coming all the way from Holland. SubhanAllah, we've got... um, 
Musa Adnan. Adnan, who's going to be delivering some speech on the night as well. So please do come down, guys. It's going to be a great event. You, uh, Mohammed and Shamake will be there. So that's an incentive for you guys already. So make sure you guys come down. It's £5 and all proceeds go to charity. So please do come down. Uh, other than that, keep an eye out for my work on YouTube. My YouTube channel is Annotate. I've got some, uh, a couple of pieces coming up real soon. One of them's called Writer's Block. So keep your eyes peeled. That should be dropping very soon, inshallah. Um, Jazakallah khair for having me brothers man It's been a pleasure Me too I really enjoyed our conversations And hopefully this will get some people to think about poetry And all the deeper issues And get some people reading as well Thank you very much for listening everyone um, I hope you enjoyed it If you've got any more suggestions Send, us in, send them in And um, we'll see you next week